Oh my goodness! Welcome to Goodbye Millerbrick Road. What a spe- what a special episode we got for you uh, uh, today. Whenever you're listening to this, whatever day it may be, I hope you feel tidings of great joy and pleasure, and uh, dare I say, delight. Uh, I do dare to say that. Um, speaking of delight, there are a few movies in history that are as delightful as the wizard of oz and if you're paying attention at home that would be the topic for this week's episode of goodbye mellow brick road we're doing the top five ways that the wizard of oz connects to mental illness and you may be thinking that that is a very specific topic uh you'd be right but it was approached uh to me in full by courtney campbell a good friend of mine. She trained me at Disney World, and now we're doing Wizard of Oz podcast together. Uh, Courtney's great. Uh, she brought a lot of insight to this topic that I was not as well equipped to bring, but I did my best. Um, Judy, the movie, the biopic about Judy Garland is also out. That's relevant to this. Um, very sad story of Judy Garland. But I think we give you a reason to hope in this podcast mostly thanks to courtney i was just getting very choked up by the end but you know it's a good time uh it's november 14th happy birthday to joey uh it is joey's birthday he's been on the podcast before and he will be on it again soon love to all um etc happy november uh fred olche hello everybody welcome this is a very special very um Never before, very specific uh, and thoughtful episode of Goodbye Malibrook Road. And um, joining me is uh, a great friend, um, my former, one of my former trainers at Walt Disney World, and uh, Courtney Campbell. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I remember you tweeted that you that your life goal was to be on this podcast, and does does your is it weird to have a life goal fulfilled so quickly? No, I'm actually very excited about that. <laughs> well, it's great. Um, we're doing a, a topic that's very specific. And uh, mm-hmm. would, do you want to introduce this topic? It feels very near and dear to your heart. Um, basically, the topic is relating the Wizard of Oz to mental health. Because uh, I feel like that movie, honestly, like showcases a lot of like stigmas that no one talks about for sure it's um not something i ever really thought about before um but this is definitely the episode i've done the most research for just to think about it. i went back rewatched the wizard of oz um i i read the book when i was a kid as well but don't remember too much of it uh but yeah i think and especially like it's very timely you mentioned it's the 80th anniversary coming up uh and yeah, the Judy Garland movie is out um, with Renee yes. Zellweger, and yeah, I think we just want to give some appreciation to the the legend Judy Garland. Oh, absolutely! She is my favorite actress of all time. Have you ever seen the movie Summerstock? That's the only one I haven't seen of hers. To be very honest, I have been trying to obtain a copy of it, and it's taken me forever. It's um with that one, The Wizard of Oz, and Meet Me in St. Louis are the only three that I've seen. 
um, of hers, but she's always just amazing. And I think I think Summerstock might be my favorite of hers, but I haven't decided. But she's just uh, she's incredible. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. It was Wizard of Oz. Um, the original Star Is Born, not the Barbara. Just like she was the first one to do a Star Is Born, then Barbara Streisand, then Lady Gaga. That's what Lady Gaga. Take notes from Judy Garland. <laughs> we uh, exactly. That's why they did the whole like somewhere of the rainbow tribute because it was like hinted to Judy because she was the original. Absolutely, she's like, and we were talking, we were just texting a little bit about how sad her story really is and just like heartbreaking, but the movie, you say it's not too sad? It's not too sad in my perspective because it does give some happiness to it, but also it sheds light on what really went on in her life, especially in the later years, and the ending scene was just it was beautiful it, like it brought me to tears because it was just so beautiful and like Renee Zellweger did a good job at playing Judy like for part of the movie I thought she was legit Judy the whole time and it was like a documentary from way back when like 80 years ago going on right but it was really good well it definitely looked very interesting to me as a, a fan of Garland um and just great, great movie star name too, Judy Garland. That's just oh yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so I'll go right into my number five here uh, for the connections between mental health and the Wizard of Oz. Um, I think this one is going to be. It's not necess- It's not really necessarily connected to mental health. However, I do think it is connected mm-hmm. to the health of her head um, because she gets knocked out by a window, and honestly, I think she might need to get. Uh, checked out for a concussion at that point. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure how long she's actually unconscious for after being hit in the head with a window, but it seems like the sequence in The Wizard of Oz goes on long enough that she might have serious head trauma. And I hope that she didn't have too many long-lasting like CTE complications after that happened because it's quite a knockout. <laughs> it really was a knockout, and you can also kind of relate it to. Um, PTSD because I don't think she was near any window without panicking after that. That's a good point. You know, see, I didn't even think of that. That's true. Huh. This this is the these are the insights that I'm looking for here. That's great. Um, but yeah, so that's a that's one that's definitely not too much about mental health. But uh, what do you have for your number five? Um, number five, I would have like insecurities, like. The lion, who has shown in the movie Time Time that he was actually a pretty brave dude, but he was very self-conscious and, like, insecure about himself. And I think that would be number five for me is that he was just very, like, he didn't feel confident of being a lion. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, we think of lions as being these ferocious creatures, and yet he didn't feel like that was him, so he didn't embody what we think of as being a lion. Exactly. That honestly, it's it's honestly a perfect transition. Actually, I'll to keep talking about this um, right into my number four, which is something very similar. It's about I had a um, self esteem and uh, the belief that other people determine what you are capable of, and I think mm-hmm. I think it pretty much is laid out that that applies to all of them, in the sense that all the things that they are seeking from the Wizard of Oz himself, the titular wizard. They have it all along, and I know that that's like the point of the movie, but it's still a very crucial thing to talk about with this topic because, you know, the heart, the brain, the courage, the 
the ability to go home the whole mm-hmm. time they have it and they just have to look inside themselves believe in themselves trust themselves love themselves love each other and that's the way that they unlock these abilities that they thought could only be given to them by magic i think that's a really um potent and lovely aspect of the movie oh yeah and like i always relate my friends to like my three best friends are related in my life as like a fine to man and scarecrow right and i even told them who they were in my opinion <laughs> they can kind of agree with it because i'm like i can be judy out here and like freak out at times but i know that i will have my three just like dorothy had her three and we'll get through it just like they did absolutely and i even remember like as a kid watching the movie I remember thinking, like, I was too young to, like, actually put this into words, but I would be like, the Tin Man is, like, speaking and talking and conversing. How is he, how does he not have a brain? Like, he's talking to them. Like, that's a brain. And, no, that's a scarecrow. No, he was a heart. The scarecrow, yeah. The scarecrow, yeah. I mean, the scarecrow. The scarecrow has a brain this whole time. He's, like, talking. He's, like, so emotional and, like, emotions come from the brain. And I just remember thinking, like, the scarecrow, like, you know, that's, uh, he has this why does he think he doesn't and then the tin man is clearly like looking out for people and he's got the heart and... I mean, he, yeah he rusted himself up when dorothy ann lyon knocked out in the poppy field right because he was like he was generally forgetting he was crying like he had a heart that's right he may we, not have felt it yeah and we see this throughout the movie and of course at the end it's revealed like of well they did have a break that's why you were seeing the scarecrow speak and but i just thought that was a really cool way of doing it where like even Dorothy, like, he's, like, they're, they're very open and honest with her, like, mm-hmm. yes, I would very much like to have a brain, and, but she doesn't question it, she's like, oh, okay, let's go get you a brain, but she's, <laughs> and it's like, it's like a naivete that's very sincere and almost childlike, but I think it's, um, appreciated. Well, that brings into my number four of codependency. Oh. Mm-hmm. Let's think about it. when she was on the farm she couldn't go anywhere without toto she was freaking out when no one believed her about toto and when um, the the woman took toto away from her and like dorothy like lost her shit she was very dependent on that dog right and then when she got into on she was very dependent on toto lion scarecrow tin man because those were her people like she needed them she, she can't handle being alone when she was even trapped in the tower in the witch's castle she was freaking out because she needs people to depend on like she has to have somebody next to her she has to have something near her at all times interesting that's a that's a very interesting thought <laughs> i'm just it's like it's hard to do this podcast because now i'm just like i want to think about this um <laughs> but yeah no that's uh very true uh and i think it's kind of like almost it's not like she wants to go home sure that's her wish in the same mm-hmm. way that the scarecrow wants a brain but she i'm just gonna keep saying the scarecrow wants a brain that way people know that i'm not an idiot um <laughs> and but she it's like independence is kind of what she wants um in right. A, in a larger sense, like the home is a representation of that, perhaps in a sense. Um, but I think she like gains that independence along the way, and she like mm-hmm. as we see her grow more and more, and she grow she does grow with the people that she surrounds herself with, which is part of that codependence. But you know, you can't have growth; yeah. you got to grow somehow. 
and no, that's a good point. I like that. <laughs> um, this uh, you mentioned that she's very um, dependent on Toto, which my number three happens to involve Toto. Um, I have, I'm not sure what sort of mental health um, classification this would necessarily receive, but I think that Miss Gulch is um, very disturbed because she wants to kill Toto, and it's like a thing that she like kind of fixates on and obsesses over, and it's just a dog, like it's a very innocent, uh, well-meaning dog, and to obsess and fixate over that, I think, is something, shows that either she's like just a pessimistic, cynical person, or there's, maybe she's got some sort of problem with dogs that's like deep-seated in her youth, and I don't know, I just think Miss Gulch needs to uh, chill out about Toto, you know? Right. I mean, I dealt with a woman like Miss Gulch not too long ago at my second job, and she was just very fixated on one thing, and she wouldn't listen to us when we were trying to say, like, oh, man, we need this, this, and that. She was just very fixated on one thing and, like, was basically ignoring all our help, and I think um, you can kind of relate people like Miss Gulch in real life because when they get in heated in the moment, they're fixated on that one thing, and they're not going to listen to anything else. Right. I'm not really sure what mental health, like, I know it's a thing. I know that I wouldn't necessarily, like, it's OCD or anything, but I'm, just, I'm not even sure what we could really, like, what the actual term is for it. But I know it's an actual thing where you're just fixated on that one particular thing, and that's it. And then you're not going to do anything until you get that. I feel like we see this a lot, too, in, like, the modern political <laughs> climate. Oh, yeah. People just, well, like... Well, that's also, like, what the the book was based on was the political time with Roosevelt and um, Rockefeller and things like that like back in 1901 or 1908 something like that was it really Mm -hmm. like the yellow brick road meant gold the shoes were originally silver was supposed to represent the silverite the 16 out of 1 ratio type thing and then Oz is actually an abbreviation for ounces because that's what you measure gold and silver in oh my goodness Mind blown. That's crazy. I did not know this. <laughs> See, it's way more than just a fantasy movie. Oh, way more than way a fantasy more. movie. It, it covers all kinds of topics. <laughs> did you I you I assume you must have, but did you see the when when they had the great movie ride, the Wizard of Oz section? That was my favorite part. Oh, it's the best. I miss that. <laughs> oh, good I missed it too. My favorite part was when the witch would come out who yeah. brings into my number three of to me she is she's just like representation of how people view their depression Interesting. because you can be like if you think about it Dorothy had her moments where she was with her friends having a good time and then the witch would come in and just cause a ruckus and cause chaos on her and just was basically starting out Dorothy and I feel like you can relate that with depression there's days where you're just like I'm having a great time and then like 20 minutes you can just hit a great spot and not even know why right you did nothing wrong yeah i mean it definitely especially with the contrast of like um the good witch and Mm -hmm. the wicked witch like they're polar opposites and the whole like the notion of um like bipolar disorder yeah uh, which is it's prevalent in many like fictional characters but like definitely i think you can see it in these these specific not like dorothy and her friends but like the witches for sure witches um, for sure yeah uh yeah that's really good i remember i was doing 
like when I was doing my research, um, I learned that um, Dorothy, when being in the house and landing on the witch, is because Dorothy killed her mother during childbirth. Like it's like a uh-huh. it's like a mirror of that, and I was like, I didn't know that Dorothy's mother died in childbirth. I don't remember that ever happening, but like. It's an interesting thing to think about. This, this Oz is like a metaphor for her upbringing. For her mother, yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. There's much to think about with that one. Um, there is much to think about with that <laughs> one. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think that I don't really have a good segue like you just had for the num- my number two, but uh, um, my number two was the trauma. We kind of touched on it earlier with how she doesn't mm-hmm. go near windows. Um, mm-hmm. But I think... Uh, tornadoes and like you said the window and the fact that she had this crazy dream or is it a dream we don't know maybe who knows who's to say who's to say really um but like this journey through oz and munchkin land and all these different places with these insane characters like there's got to be like some kind of trauma that comes from that it seems like a very vivid dream um that you would not forget one of the dreams that stays with you the rest of your life it probably makes her change a whole bunch of preconceived notions that she had about Mm -hmm. many things i would think Right. Well, because I, I, my friends and I love to do research about dreams and stuff, and they say that your subconscious will find its way to tell you things in life. Like, I had a dream that was very bizarre, and it still sticks with me. And basically, the consensus of the dream was, you need to get your emotions in check because you're spiraling kind of thing. And I, w- I didn't think I was until that dream, and I was like, oh, wait, no, you're right. I'm, I need to, need to take a step back, take a breather. So, yeah, I'm sure, like, by being hit in the head and, like, probably was in a coma or actually went to us, we don't know, like you said. I think when she finally did awake, she definitely made some changed notions because she even said, like, to her to her fan, friends from the farm, she's like, you were there and you were there and you were there. And her, the characters she formed in her head, being like Ryan, Chimney, and Scarecrow, were her actual like closest confidants in her real life. Exactly. And I, she was just genuinely trying to help them out. When I feel like during the first part of the movie, she felt ignored. Which is like, to me, will be number two for like anxiety type stuff, but we'll touch base on that in a second. But yeah, she, um, she wanted to help her friends in her coma and because she wasn't receiving help from them, outside of it but then she realized oh wait I'm the one that's being over dramatic that's very interesting like I feel like yeah the, the dream was definitely like a learning experience for her um, like me with my dreams I like dream like something insane that doesn't make any sense and then I'll just write it down in my notes app and then I just move on and I probably should maybe, maybe if I go back and like revisit my notes list of dreams that I've had maybe I'll realize there's some kind of like oh how could I not have okay. seen this before? I've now learned about how to fix myself. Maybe. Take a look. Uh, Take a look. That's what you have to do sometimes. Kind of get yourself in check. Yeah. It's, good, uh, it's like a, a wake-up call that you can only get by waking up. Mm-hmm. That'll be... That's a good slogan. Um, but yeah, what do you have about uh, coming in at your number two that you mentioned? My number two, um, like I said, was like more anxiety. When she was trying to like 
talk with her friends on the farm and talk to Annie M and her uncle and things like that. She felt like she wasn't being heard and that caused her to be very, very anxious and to like kind of lash out and run away and go see the um, fortune teller and things like that. And even he was like trying to calm her down going like, hey, you're in the wrong. And I can relate to that in real life because I can lash out when, when I get anxious about something I know I have. And, you know, sometimes you need someone to be like, you need to calm down. Or sometimes you need to get whacked in the head by a window, knock you out to go, oh, wait, no. Actually, everything is actually fine. I don't need to be out there because she wasn't listening to them either. Like, don't worry, Dorothy, we'll figure out a way to get Toto back and things like that. She just felt like no one cared or listened to her. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's a great um, lens into, like, the perspective that she learns. Um, like, <clears throat> when things seem really dire, uh, she's like, oh, my God, like, I'm so out of my element here. I'm way in over my head. And, like, this is, like, this could be, like, life or death for me. And mm-hmm. to, like, come back to the farm after that, there's, like, that's some perspective that she gets, like, oh, like, this could, this can be what I make it. And I cannot treat everything um, as dramatic as... I do because things clearly can be a lot worse if you get transported to a fantasy land where everyone wants to kill you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, I think definitely is a major factor into it. And uh, if this is like if this is your number one or if it has anything to do with it, just stop me. But uh, do you have any insights into like the whole poppy field scene? My only theory about the poppy field scene is that it can be seen as like. Overdosing or just like taking sleeping medications or anything along those lines because her tin man, no, not tin man, uh, her and lion knocked out. Yeah. The only one she like didn't was Scarecrow, but because tin man didn't have a physical being to knock out and he just rusted himself up because he just got so overwhelmed with it. But sure. it's not my one, so you're good. You can go ahead and give me your tea. All right. Well, uh, the, I think the poppy field. Um, definitely was one of the confusing things growing up as a kid. Um, uh-huh. and probably definitely, not even probably, definitely, like you said, drugs, something like that. Um, and I think I'm not really sure. I definitely would want to think about it more. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't quite play into uh, my number one, which is, uh, what we talked about earlier, like you mentioned when you said that, um, when she wakes up from being in Oz and, She's like, you were there, you were there. and But I think my number one, I put projection. Um, mm-hmm. And she does, like, obviously, like, the three actors who are the Scarecrow, Tin Man, Lion are the actors. Again, they come back, Ray Bolger, etc. Uh, and just all of the people in her life, she projects into Oz. And I think that's there's probably some really, like, veiled metaphor that I'm just missing. But, like, I thought it was, like, a really interesting way of doing it like when I first realized that I was like oh my god like that's like a really cool technique and to show that is um I think it gives a lot of insight into like the things that Dorothy values and um I know that this this is a uh oft discussed um part of the Wizard of Oz but when she says to the Scarecrow I'll miss you most of all like it definitely like is like uh like the, the other two were nice friends of yours as well um but like you get it too like I was like you like sometimes you yeah have... she I feel like that because Scarecrow's 
human character in the movie was the closest companion to her. That's why she was going to miss him most of all, because that was someone that she knew. first met. She hit it off instantly, is able to like be completely herself around that person and just like, no, she'd be crazy and crying. Think about it, Scarecrow was the one leading the boys into the castle, and he was the one being like, no, we got to go see our girl. We got to go see our friend. I think that's why she like just would miss him most of all because he was there for her from the jump. Definitely. Like you just, those kind of bonds that you forge, like those very special coming out of extreme situation bonds are, they're always going to be very special to you. It doesn't make the ones with other people any less special, but it makes something that you want to hold on to even tighter. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Uh, for sure. Love it. Dorothy, uh, Scarecrow, good combo. But what, Courtney, I, what is your number one? My number one is, despite the fact that Glinda is the good witch, she can showcase on the fact that some of the best people in the world can still manipulate you. Because if you think about it, she put the red slippers on Dorothy. Dorothy didn't want them. She couldn't. She wouldn't remove them. She told Dor. She didn't even tell Dorothy from the get go. Oh, just like your heels three times, you can go home anytime you want. She put Dorothy through these trials. She knew what she was getting herself into. So, going to like Wicked and like all the other books I've been reading, because I read like the Dorothy Must Die series. I read every single possible version of The Wizard of Oz. I have read it all. Right. And in the Dorothy Must Die series, Glinda's evil because Glinda wanted to be the only witch. That's that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I've never really given the thought to her before and but that makes a lot of sense she is definitely it's like a, I now that you say it I think of it as like a Dumbledore Harry Potter kind of thing where like yes they're doing they like like I feel like at the core of it they're like probably well-intentioned but definitely like using like a child basically for mm-hmm. their own greater okay. purpose and yeah, yeah that's a, that's a that is an excellent um observation I would say because it relates to even what Judy was going through when she was making the production. She was a naive 15-year-old, and she would played a naive 12-year-old. And for her to keep Judy, like, you know, the directors and producers were forcing her to do a lot of things or, you know, make her find ways to maintain her weight and, like, starved her or, like, sleep, like made her sleep-deprived. And that's why, at a young age, they actually were the ones giving her pills. Yes, it is. And that's when her addiction came through. So, in a sense, if you think about it that way, she was being manipulated offset and onset in some form of way, whether she was Dorothy or she was Judy. So, you showcase that, like, in different aspects in your life, you will have somebody that will try to manipulate you. It's hard to know, like, especially when you're famous so early. Like, it's, it's probably hard to know who's really looking out for you, who's on your mm-hmm. side. And... I, mean, I think that's why she went through like four divorces and things like that. I think she generally just didn't know who was there on her side. And I think the only person who knew was on her side was Dorothy. And that was because she had her three friends in Toto. And she had to go through all her trials to realize these people are by my side. Right. And uh, it really is heartbreaking to think about all the stuff that Judy Garland was forced into. And 
like over the rainbow it's just obviously it's like one of the greatest songs ever written um oh of course just beautiful i, I couldn't fall asleep unless i listened to that song like for the longest time growing up i had to have somewhere over the rainbow playing on repeat for me to fall asleep really yes and uh and- did you do you know that like ukulele version by um the yes is, um is i don't real? know how you say his name yeah yes a- i that's my favorite version they play it all the time at the dmv i have it on my cell phone i'll play it on my way to going into disney when i work because i it puts me in a good mood that is probably my favorite version of over the rainbow it definitely like i i remember hearing it at the end of 51st dates and being like whoa what is this this is incredible and it's obviously just so heartfelt and beautiful and definitely yes. puts you in a good mood and uh definitely in contrast to uh um i don't remember the specific details of it but I remember Judy Garland when she was much older saying somewhere over the rainbow. Um, and it was like, she didn't want to perform it, but it was like, it might've, I think it might've actually been like the last time she performed it. And it was the last time she performed it. They showed it in the movie of, um, and Judy. So oh, she performed God. it one last time and she was overcome with emotion that the audience sang it to her. It's, the most heartbreaking thing I've ever seen, just knowing that story of her life and to see like this young Judy Garland and then the old older Judy Garland. And the fact that they put that in the movie just about makes me want to cry right now. It's just, it's just uh, thinking about it. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. I will say that it was beautiful. And you know, to know that like it happened in real life and cause it is like still to this day, she's been dead for years and people still sing somewhere of the rainbow people use it for like audition pieces or they just sing it just like for a lullaby to their child you know anything along those lines because it is a very popular song it's a very classic song and i think that's one of the songs that like could and will never die it's yeah it's a it's an all-time song forever um it's funny how like songs about rainbows from movies have that power like rainbow connection um uh, maybe rainbow by casey musgraves will get there one day um uh, it's just something about it and just the lyrics and thinking about and now i'm just like i'm just so obsessed with this this, just thinking about judy garland and the lyrics it just it's it's so sad but like just one of the most beautiful things that could ever exist Uh well yeah um, um, it's a beautiful song. Definitely, and um, I've wished that, like I don't really know how to connect this back to the mental health, but "Over the Rainbow" great song, um, and "The Wizard of Oz" is a great story. And you can "Over the Rainbow" can be related to mental health as like an escape, an escape from what's going on. Yeah, to go to a dream, um, go to a land where dreams that you dream of come true. Know, get yourself out of your environment get yourself out of this place like she's really singing about wanting to be somewhere grand and wanting to just feel free I think that that's about as beautiful of a sentiment as any to end on because um, <laughs> I don't think we can really that's just this has been one of the I really feel like I'm on the verge of t- tears over here <laughs> with this oh. <laughs> oh this 
heartbreaking but beautiful story of everything. Wizard of Oz, the song, Judy Garland, all of it is just something else. Um, but I have to thank you for bringing this topic into my life for this podcast. Uh, I was very excited that I can have this topic out there because I was like, people need to know. I And now they will know because this is, I'm going to, this one, I think I'm, I'm going to put it up. Let's put this episode up in November. That way it's still um, close to when Judy is out and people can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably like, if not this week, then next week for sure. Um, oh, gosh. But uh, Courtney Campbell, thank you so, so much for being here. It was an absolute treat. You are always welcome anytime. Oh, thank you. I miss you so much. I miss you too.